Welcome to the Race Forward Pod. I'm your host, Lydia Igwe. In today's podcast, you will get insights about advancing diversity and inclusion in the higher education sector and how to engage staff and students with EDI strategies and initiatives. Today's guest is a multi-award winning specialist in equality, diversity and human resources. She has over 15 years experience working across the public sector to help organisations become truly inclusive, valuing their staff and creating a culture where staff feel supported, appreciated and respected. She currently works as the Acting Director of Equality, Diversity and Inclusion at London South Bank University. She's a member of the CIPD and a fellow of the Chartered Management Institute. Today, we speak to Sanchia Alassia. Sanchia has won numerous awards, including being highly commended as a political figure in the Baton Awards in 2020, and winner as an outstanding public sector figure at the Precious Awards in 2020. She was also named one of the 50 most inspirational black women in the UK during Black History Month in 2019. Hi, Sanchia. How are you? Nice to have you on the Race Forward pod. No, thank you for inviting me, Lydia. It's a pleasure to to be with you today. So let's kickstart with the first question. I'm really, really keen to know how you started your career in DE&I. That's an interesting question. It was, I guess it was by accident. So when I was working at Transport for London as a project administrator, one of my colleagues suggested that I go along to a BME staff network meeting. I didn't know what that meant at the time. I had never attended an equality meeting or a staff network meeting. So I went along and they were talking about issues that were affecting them as BME staff working in Transport for London, in relation to career progression, the level of representation at the senior levels of the organisation. And it really kind of just stimulated my interest and I started going more and more. And at the next set of elections, which they had annually, they elected me as the co-chair. So I then ran the network for a few years and that's what really catapulted me into what issues were like for BME staff working in large organisations, but also how to negotiate and talk with senior managers about how we could work together to tackle those sorts of issues. Wow, that's really inspiring, considering you went along just because somebody recommended it and yes. ended up now in a career in DEI. Brilliant. So now you're the acting group director of Equality, Diversity and Inclusion at London South Bank University. Congratulations. Thank by you. Way. Thank you. What does a day in the life of this role look like? I think for me, there's so much variety in a role like this. So there's not necessarily a typical day, so to speak. No day is exactly the same. I mean, my main role is to to lead the university's ambition to be bold and sector leading when it comes to equality and diversity and inclusion. So to that end, I developed their first diversity strategy and that was approved last year. So what I'm doing now is implementing some of the key priority areas that we said we were going to do. But I also support the HR team in terms of advice. I support managers. I support staff, I help to raise awareness of 
diversity issues across the different strands. So we've just come out of LGBT History Month. And so that's a key month for us. We're going into International Women's Month. We're going to be looking at how we break the bias around gender leadership. So fun events like that are really cool to organise. And it's really nice when people come along and support, but also go, go away from those events, having said that they've learned something new and they're able to take away something and implement that in their areas. I also write policies, so the Equality and Diversity Policy, um, looking at dignity at work, bullying and harassment, and facilitate and organise training either with myself or with a team of consultants that we work with. So at the moment, we've got a big anti-racism training programme that is running across um, the university to help support our anti-racist approach. Do you sleep? That's my next question. <laughs> I do. No, it's really important to have a work-life balance. I mean, it is a busy role. There's no getting away from that because I cover the university, but we're also part of a group with Lambeth College and two academies. So it is a busy role, but it is really important to carve out time for myself, for my family, just for myself. And so it's about working hard, but also playing hard at the same time. Yes, absolutely. I agree. But it sounds like you're doing amazing things and it's great to see that you have a strategy and obviously some clear priorities. So what do you find most inspiring about the work that you do with all of that, you know, eclectic mix that you just talked about? Yeah, it is, it is a really good diverse mix. And I think particularly working at London South Bank University, where I've been for a year and a half now, what really inspires me is the community engagement and willingness to make that change so I've got the support of the executive the senior management team but I also have the support of directors of deans of staff working at all levels of of the university and it's really heartwarming to see that people whose day job it's not is to do diversity are really keen to work with me on my team voluntarily to help push that agenda forward, whether it's looking at the representation of BME staff, which is one of our big projects at the moment, or increasing LGBTQ awareness, or looking at how the issues of the pandemic has affected women and maybe has set them back even possibly with the increase in the role of caring and teaching their children. But we've got so much community engagement from our staff, from our students, from our students' union. And that's really inspiring for me because I know that I'm not on my own. I know that I've got a bank of people behind me at all levels of the university who are willing for that change and impatient for that change, which I think is good because these things have been talked about for many, many years. And I think now is the time for action and our LSBU community are really the catalyst to make sure that we do have some tangible actions going forward. Fantastic. So let's talk about the higher education sector. I mean, it's clear that you're making impact internally and, and moving the dial. So how does, you know, what, what are some of the ways that London South Bank University is contributing towards advancing the diversity and inclusion agenda in the sector? There's a couple of ways. So 
One of the things that I'm doing is contributing to the Diversifying Leadership Programme, the Advanced HE. So I'm one of the programme directors, the co-programme directors, and that's really about supporting BME staff in their leadership journey, helping them to take ownership of that, but also working with universities to take ownership of the institutional and discriminatory barriers that prevent BME staff from progressing. So that's a wider thing that I'm doing I'm really pleased that recently, as part of the Stonewall Index, our university was given a Silver Employers Award, really showing our commitment to LGBT inclusion, gender um, inclusion, non-binary inclusion and so on. And so that's something that me and my team have been working on. And we are working on our first ever gender identity policy, which will be something new for us to, to trailblaze across the university so we really do feel that it's important that alongside you know having our own priorities and actions we do work across the sector to find solutions because a lot of universities are having similar issues around representation of underrepresented groups of staff a lot of universities are quite bureaucratic organizations and so there's difficulties sometimes in navigating the processes. And so, so I think where we can work together to break down some of those um, barriers and come up with, you know, joint projects that we can work on. We have a joint mentoring scheme that we're supporting with other London universities, for example, where we can look to pool resources and knowledge that can really help support our work, but support the work of universities and equality more generally as well. This is great to hear. I think collaboration is absolutely key to... I suppose achieving you know diversity inclusion but also like you said the sector itself is on a journey right so the more you can collaborate the better so fantastic so in terms of London South Bank you obviously pride yourself on the fact that EGI is woven into the DNA of the university can you tell us a little bit more about this and, and your journey? We really want to be a university a group where diversity is embedded in the university and across the group, but in also in everything that we do. So for us, that means a tangible step change in behaviours and in mindsets, which will be reflected in the lived experiences of our staff. So we would expect as time goes on that we would hear more positive stories and outcomes of the lived experiences of our underrepresented groups of staff we would have eliminated our awarding gaps for students. At the moment, we have an awarding gap where we know that, for example, our black students are not getting the same outcomes when they graduate compared to their white counterparts. We also know that we have an ethnicity pay gap and a gender pay gap for our staff where we don't have those people in the senior roles at the levels where um, we should. It would also mean an inclusive culture where we can have active conversations and open debate and an active community, all of us working together to come and tackle the issues. We would have leaders who not just understand diversity, but actively engage and role model and lead key activities around um, diversity. And all of us as a university community owning the diversity agenda and believing that we can have an impact and that we can all play our part. We also want to make sure for us that we're looking at intersectionality. So if I use myself as an example, I'm a black woman that has a long-term chronic health pain condition. How do we make sure we factor in that people don't fit neatly into a box? 
And then how do we make sure we've got those foundations to make all of those things happen? So how do we, do we make sure there's resourcing for the work? There's robust governance. There's the right data that will help us to shine a light on where the issues are and that we have the policies to support the process. So, yeah, quite a lot of things that we want to do to make sure that diversity is embedded and we get the right outcomes for our staff and students. And how long is your strategy for? Have you sort of done it over three years or five years? Yeah, we've done it over a four year period. So it runs from 2021 last year to 2025. And that was in keeping with the university strategy, which runs until 2025. So the university strategy has some key performance indicators. And then obviously our diversity strategy goes into a bit more detail about how we will make um, those things um, happen. So we're hoping that year on year or we will be measuring the progress of, of those key performance indicators and seeing some traction on those. And if we're not, then sort of reviewing and evaluating where we need to go back and have a look at those things again. Brilliant. I like the fact that you're engaging the community. So let's talk specifically around some of the ways in which you engage staff and students with your EGI strategies and initiatives. So with our staff, we have what's called Let's Talk sessions. So around the murder of George Floyd, as you can imagine, there was a lot of Let's Talk sessions about race, and we've continued to have those. We've had Let's Talk sessions with our gender network, looking at how the pandemic has affected women's careers. There has been some research that has shown that during the hard lockdown, women did take up the lion's share of caring responsibilities, of supporting their um, children with homeschooling and what does that mean for their careers going forward in terms of an academic context, the research that may have been stunted, for example, that would help their career progression. We've had Let's Talk sessions with our parents and carers network about, about the same um, issues and we've had Let's Talk sessions with our disability staff network about hidden disabilities and what that means for staff being able to disclose and whether they feel that they will get the support. And in terms of our students, we work very closely with our students union because they're very close to the voice of the students, but we also engage with our students. So at the moment, what we're doing is we're having pizza and let's talk sessions about race. So come and, and have a pizza on us, but let's talk about race equality. Let's talk about how it's impacting on your studies. Let's talk about decolonizing the curriculum. Do you have a curriculum that reflects who you are? Do you have a staffing body that reflects who you are? So we try to be creative in the way that we engage with our staff and students because it's really important for us that we hear from their lived experiences because that will be part of our monitoring as to whether the things that we said that we wanted to achieve in our strategy are actually having traction. Oh, let's talk with some pizza sounds good, no? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Definitely engage people with food as well. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so what's been your biggest challenge today on your EDI journey and how have you overcome that? I think the biggest challenge is just, one, the pace of change. And so the pace of change always seems to be slow. And universities are quite big organisations. They have quite heavy committee structures. And so... It can take time for things to get approved or for decisions to be made. So that can sometimes be frustrating. And then I think the other thing is just the amount of things that we want to do. We want to support our disabled staff and students, our LGBTQ staff and students, our BME staff and students, our women, 
uh, are men, people from all religious backgrounds dealing with Islamophobia, for example, but we can't necessarily do all of those things at the same time. So what we do do is we work with our staff and students to engage with them in terms of the priority order that they think that we should be working on those things because we are a small team, very effective team, but a small team. Um, And so it's important for us to gauge where we should be sort of funneling our time and resources and how we plan out our work so that we do eventually get to tackle all of those issues, but we know what is important to our staff and student communities that is happening in the right order. Amazing. So what would be your one piece of advice for anybody, I suppose, listening to this podcast around DE&I? No, I think it's a really important agenda. It affects everything that we do. And some people may feel that it doesn't have an effect on them. They might not necessarily come from an obvious underrepresented group, for example, but there's ways that we can all be allies. And I know that you would have talked about this before, Lydia. So I I don't identify as LGBTQ, but that doesn't mean, for example, that I can't be an ally in supporting that agenda, which is what I do. So diversity and equality is for everyone because An equality outcome, for example, if we look at flexible working, and that's a big thing that has happened during the pandemic, flexible working, home working, an increase in home and flexible working would support women, but actually it supports a wider group than women because actually giving people the flexibility to work from wherever they can work supports people with disabilities and supports people with care responsibilities. It allows people from all backgrounds to be their best selves. Um, An equality outcome for one group actually can result in better outcomes for us all. So I would just encourage you to get involved in the diversity agenda in your organisation, help move the dial forward and make it a better working and inclusive environment for everyone. Thank you so much for your time. We've come to the end of the interview. I'm pretty sure talk forever about this but you know where can people find out more information about you and also London South Bank's DEI initiatives yeah absolutely so we have a website as most universities do so if you just put lsbu.ac.uk you will find everything that you need to know about LSBU we also have pages on our diversity work where you can find our diversity strategy our pay gap reporting our annual reporting and so on and then in terms of myself personally my own website is um, sanchiaalassia.com so people can find more information about me there Brilliant. Thanks so much, Sanchia. Thank you for listening to the Race Forward Pod. I'm your host, Lydia Igwe. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Spotify or wherever you listen to the podcast. Do visit us on social media at Race Forward Pod or visit our website, www.racefordpod.com. See you in the next episode.